Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zonner. I'm Zoo. Episode 301. Episode 300 came and went, and no one even seemed to care. And no, they didn't. Although, maybe they did and just couldn't send us feedback because of, you know, Minox. Yeah, our site um, had some slight problems, and then I tried to fix it, and it ended up kind of changing the DNS, which meant there was some time we weren't getting emails either. Yeah, we got pretty buggered up there for a bit. Um, so if you did send feedback and we don't mention it, sorry. You should have you tried try, harder. You can try sending it again. That's true. And I, I should mention, Colin is present in spirit. He is currently doing site work for us uh, as opposed to uh, recording the episode. So he is actively working stolen droids at the moment, just not behind a microphone exactly which he forgot anyway well no he has his microphone he doesn't have his dongle for his macbook pro interesting if only modern computers had some kind of universal serial bus port that I you know. could plug that into i'm pretty sure we talked about one last week that like eleven thousand people have purchased yeah go fig hey before we go any further shout out to all of our friends we have many friends um we have the best friends <laughs> yes we do um, our friends over friends. at truck uh, gene is gonna kill me for that because he he loves trump let me just tell you our friends were at truckradio.net kryptonradio.com openbookaudio stitcher.com radio kscr geek factor radio yeah did we say any we shouldn't have maybe one i'll leave it to everyone else to figure out who <laughs> we we do have some changes with our sponsorships going on right now as well in addition to site changes so if you want to be a sponsor of stolen droids radio or stolen droids media rather um and the stolen droids podcast the stolen droids podcast let us know you could actually be a sponsor of both stolen droids podcast and the stolen droids podcast double your yes. sponsorship money double your chances yes. of something i don't know so a lot happened this week. We got a lot of news. Yeah, it's kind of been a busy week. And it's kind of a weird week. I mean, we say that a lot. In the six years we've been doing this show, almost six years, um, we often say, oh, it's been a weird week. But this week really takes the cake, and we're going to get right into it. In fact, I'm going to jump that first headline and go straight into the weird, shall I? <laughs> we should throw out a disclaimer here. Um, this may be the uh, not safe for work episode. It's, it's an adult topic. We will try and remain family friendly. However, it is an adult topic. So if you have kids listening, uh, you might have to talk to them after they listen. Yeah. Because we're going to talk a lot about the porn words. Um, all the porn <laughs> words. So <laughs> that's our show title. <laughs> all the porn <laughs> words. <laughs> Um, Microsoft has a rather large surveillance team and I know that sounds creepy and wrong and you're expecting us to go somewhere with that but we're not going that place because Microsoft is also pledged to never um, do that for the government or do it for money so why would they be doing this if not to get information on you to then sell to advertisers or hand over to the government? Because well, they're not Google. Right. Or well, Facebook. It's because they have a unbelievably strict um, code of conduct considering consider ah, concerning child pornography and illegal things like that. Um, decency rules, if you will. So how does one look for that? Well, evidently, by monitoring all communications at all times and anything that goes gets suspiciously flagged by the system gets sent onto this team to manually review, which means they had to sit there and watch a ton of murder films, horrific pornography, uh, child abuse, bestiality, just tons of stuff the worst stuff uh the quote-unquote most twisted videos on the internet um now the 
the employees didn't fare so well under this, it turns out. Uh, rather high turnover rate from that team. And when it got brought up to Microsoft, um, a lawsuit, a new lawsuit alleges that they were just told to take more smoke breaks. Yeah, you know, I've often wondered, because you've got to have eyes on this stuff, whether you're in law enforcement or, in this case, technology. You've got to have eyes because computers can only do so much before mm-hmm. you need an actual pair of human eyeballs to review it. And I've always wondered how messed up people become from from this type of a position. And apparently the answer is very. Um, the two former uh, there are two former uh, employees from Microsoft's what is it online safety team uh, who literally could view any customer's communication at any time and these guys were the ones that were screening for child porn and evidence of other crimes and they say that microsoft didn't really offer a good health plan because they'd suffer the psychological distress and microsoft refused to provide a specially trained therapist or to pay for therapy for these guys. Well, and what's funny is the fact is that they did do this for their um, their crimes division. when Because they have multiple teams. They have the safety team, and then they have the crimes division, where they have to uh, report things to crime units. Yeah. And they simply didn't extend the funding to the safety team. Um, the main guy in this suit, uh, Mr. Soto... Ended up with like sleep disturbances, nightmares. He uh, went so far as to have auditory hallucinations. Um, And the worse it got, the harder he, you become desensitized to it. So it becomes hard to actually respond and flag things when that's not even the worst thing you've seen this hour. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's um, crazy. He he was stuck in this job for. A long time. Um, he was involuntarily transferred. One of these guys was involuntarily transferred to the safety team in 08. And he was not informed prior to the transfer as to the full nature of what he would be doing. Uh, he was just told, you're going to be reviewing terms of use violations. And then he was there for uh, another 18 months or something. Mm-hmm. And so these guys, I mean, they're they're looking at this stuff for almost two years. This is this is horrific. Microsoft, of course, has failed to uh, comment on it. But uh, smoke break nothing. If I had this job, I would just be tanked the entire time. Uh, is there another option? I mean, <laughs> I you and I don't even drink yet. I think would be hammered probably eighteen to twenty hours a day. Right. And the other four would be sleeping. Only to wake up and start over again. Um, it's funny because I guess I, I mean I've been on the internet a long time. Right? Back in my days of the thirty three six dial up, um, when I felt so cool to have a Juno email address and the internet wasn't actually usable in any way. Yeah. And I get and I knew a lot of stuff happened. I knew about Silk Road and Silk Road Two and the dark areas of Reddit and whatnot and 4chan and all the other ones. But I guess it never really occurred to me that a team like this would have to exist at a giant like Microsoft. And see, I, I figure, you know, Google had one. I never thought about Microsoft having one, but it makes sense. But I think there's probably quite a few of these types of teams out there. You know, when I think about this type of stuff, I think of law enforcement yeah. And the horrific things that they have to deal with. But somebody's got to report it to law enforcement. Somebody's got to bring it to their attention. Well, and law enforcement that finds this themselves, because there are teams of law enforcement that do this themselves, that don't rely yes. on Google or Microsoft. Typically speaking, I can't speak for every department, but typically a lot of um, police uh, departments have a really good wellness plan for their officers. Because yeah. officers are put into line of fire, or maybe they have to kill someone and... You know that that weighs on them, and it it does. Yes, in most cases. <laughs> if it doesn't, I think that says something. Well, you know, I've got a buddy who's a cop, a good friend, and he was involved in a shooting a few years ago, uh, where he actually ended up he he won the shootout, 
And I asked him, I said, so how are you doing? Because you seem like you're okay. He said, yeah, the guy wasn't shooting at me. I just did what I was trained to do. But the guy he was shooting at, oh, he's not doing so well. So I think it kind of depends on on your point of view from everything as well. So, but yeah, this is, this is something that it has to exist because let's face it. Evil exists. Evil's not going anywhere. Evil uses the internet too. Evil uses the internet too. It's not all, it's not all cat memes and, and Jesus pictures. And there is a lot of, bad stuff out there and somebody's got to try and try and bring these these horrible people to justice well maybe we should let iran do it Ooh, that's an idea and it works well into our next headline it does so um breaking news iran is primarily muslim is that breaking i i know right shocking Right there. Maybe maybe breaking in like, what, 1100 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, also breaking news, Islam is, frowns quite a bit on pornography. Banned. Just outright banned. And Iran is led by a religious... It's a theocracy. Yes. Yeah. A, a religious group of individuals, shall we say. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. They're devout as well. As yes. it turns out, they tried to uh, block porn within their country's borders. And they did this by setting up false routes to illicit websites. Unfortunately, the way that works on the internet, it's kind of an honor system. There's no actual protocol in place for it. And so those false routes spread and they spread and they spread. And it got so bad that uh, Hong Kong, and I want to say parts of Australia as well, suddenly were finding these routes entered into their tables, and they couldn't get their porn either. Uh, now, this has happened before, um, and this is an Engadget article. It points out that in 2008, Afghanistan managed to block all of YouTube for like everyone no, in the area. It was Pakistan. Oh, sorry, Pakistan. Well, yeah, Afghanistan just has goats. They, they don't care about YouTube. Um but Pakistan managed to block YouTube for like the entire South, uh, Southeast Asian area. Yeah. And Turkey also once filtered the majority of traffic from Amazon, Microsoft, CNN, and other sites using its own servers. Yeah. So, um, oops. So yeah, they're, they were basically just spoofing traffic and they're saying that they don't know if this was, if this was intentional or if it was just a mistake. So, I would imagine it's a mistake. Because, look, if it's intentional, it's to do something to gain information, right? Like, I could see China or Russia using this technique to intercept all everything. Right? Okay. So, Russia's after Zoner again. And wants to get into his email and wants to get access to his Ashley Madison account and everything else. So they propagate false routes and spread them all over the globe. So they propagate everywhere. So that when Zoner goes to his Ashley Madison account, he's actually going through Russia's servers to get there. It becomes a man-in-the-middle attack. They don't do it just to block Zoner from seeing his porn. See, I'm wondering, though, if Iran wasn't doing something like that. Do you think they were trying to see what people were seeing? Get their logins to, to Pornhub? Um, I don't know. Could have been credit card information. Could have been usage statistics to see, you know, where the infidels are. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. What kind of genre is most popular with the infidels? Yeah. Yeah, and then they, they know where to send their suicide bombers to really get the infidels. Which is unfortunate if the infidels are into suicide bomber fetishes. Wow, that just um Wow, that just blew up. <laughs> oh man. Dad joke, a dad joke to that. <laughs> 
Oh, that was that was kind of um, off, I got to say. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to that first uh, headline that we skipped over. And I had forgotten about this entirely. The Lily Drone. You remember this? This has been like, this is like a big deal for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I had and, forgotten about this, but we talked about this like a year ago, I want to say. Yeah, this, this was the follow-along camera drone that you what you control it with your smartphone if i recall Mm -hmm. and it would just like kind of just follow where you were and do stuff i mean pretty cool concept yeah um and since then this was the first of the kind of its kind but since then um phantom pro has a follow mode i think now gopro's drone that they tried to launch um no pun intended the one that crashed yeah also had a follow mode but this was the first and so yes. they took $34 million in pre-orders. Yeah, that's a lot. And I think that I saw that they have since secured like another $16 million in additional funding. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that $34 million went into a lot of testing and incredible amounts of R&D, which meant there was no money left for actually producing the drones. So they're going out of business. They're closing doors despite the fact that they basically got $50 million worth of cash. Yeah, that is... They just pissed that away, basically. I wish I could fail that hard and get paid for it. This, I mean, at what point does it become criminal? You know, that is a lot of money that they... Well, they were. it requires a bit of a perspective, right? Because Samsung lost way more than that with the Note 7 debacle. Yes. But you can't say they wasted that money, even though they have almost nothing to show for it. It's a loss. There's a difference between a loss and a waste. Exactly. And this is straight up a waste. There was something to show for the Note 7 in that people had, like, bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't something good to show. Whereas with the Lily Robotics debacle here, there's nothing to show for it. Nobody has anything. Nobody ever received a drone. Nobody. It, it's very different from a product recall. It's not just a. It's it's not a failed product. It's just a fail. Mm-hmm. Which, oh my goodness. So, but thankfully, you know if. If you did pre-order a device, you can get reimbursed uh, with what little money they may have left. Although, if they did $34 million in pre-orders and they're now shutting doors and they've squandered that money, how much are they going to be able to reimburse? Um, here's $0.25. Cents. I mean, is it, uh, we're, I'm thinking pennies on the dollar. Top tip here, people. And I, we've said this before, and even when Schmitty was recording with us, Schmitty contributes to Kickstarters and Patreons and all those different things. He does. And sometimes he gets um, a bonus for it. You know, he gets a kickback or he gets a device or he gets an early access something. Don't pre-order from this. If there is an idea that really speaks to you that you want to see happen and you have $20 to spare and you don't care if you ever see that $20 again but you want to see this idea get off the ground then by all means go on to quick kickstarter and donate $20 understanding that that's what it is it's a donation yeah stop pre-ordering from these people because you are pre-ordering something that doesn't exist and a pre-order comes with the idea of, the difference is, is that if these people had received $34 million in Kickstarter funding, in donations, and they came back and said, we got it to work, but there's no way, it works now, now we'd like to see your orders, then okay, they're fine, they're in the good. But that's not what happened, they basically sold something that didn't exist. That's bad on their point, but I cannot stress this enough. Stop pre-ordering from crowdfunding sites. They they sold an idea. Well, yeah. 
They, they sold an idea. They didn't sell a product. They sold an idea. And people bought into that idea in hopes of getting a product, which the idea failed. Well, and this happens so much now. Oh, it does. And look, you, you won't find anyone who's as early an adopter as I am. If I can afford it, which isn't always the case, I will go and buy things day one if I can. Yeah. But not before. Because you know there's going to be something wrong with it or something new with it or a day one bug or anything. But people have fallen into this trap. And with everything, we do it from our TV stars. We do it from our politicians where we're willing to buy on ideas and not on actual physical goods or actual goods at all. It drives me insane. See, I've pre-ordered two things in probably the last five years. I pre-ordered SimCity 5. We all know how that went. I'm still bitter. And I pre-ordered the Luma Wi-Fi mesh router system. How'd that go? I ended up canceling my order, and I went with Eero. Because it was just, their launch was such a debacle. And I had inside information. I knew what to expect when the device came to me. See, and I pre-ordered Forza Horizon 3 because it's a video game and you know what was coming out and you know you were going to play it because it's the third video game in the franchise. But see, you didn't get burned on that like I did SimCity. That's true. I got burned bad with SimCity and I wasn't the only one. But ever since then, I I think I've learned my lesson on the pre-ordering. I just... I. I don't think it's. I would call that a fluke. Okay, your your pre-order of SimCity was a fluke. Your pre-order of Luma was about as expected because SimCity wasn't a concept. It was this will be coming out. We have it. It's done. It will be coming out. Oh, that is true. It's a crappy product. Sorry about that. But it's not an idea. It was an actual good. No, that that's true. It is it is slightly different. But my point is, it's kind of taught me that. You know, pre-ordering, you're, regardless of whether you're pre-ordering an actual product or you're pre-ordering an idea, there's risk there. I think, well, hold on. I think the best way to put it is this, okay? Um, if the new Star Wars movie is coming out in six weeks and tickets are up are going on sale now, you can buy a ticket now to go see Star Wars in six weeks. That's a pre-order. Whether or not you like it is you irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not yeah. you like it, or if it's any good, you're getting the ticket, you're getting in. Versus someone saying, hey, currently they're in talks to make a Han Solo prequel movie. Want to pre-order a ticket? I can't tell you when it's going to come out. I can't tell you who it's going to star. I can't tell you if it's even going to happen. But isn't it a really good idea? And don't you want to get in on that? But we do have a star. <laughs> but, but you see I'm, what I'm just saying? just added Woody Harrelson to the project. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like... Yeah. No, I, I totally... You, you got me. Yeah, you got me. See, all you have to do is give it a Star Wars analogy and you're good. Yeah. It's, it, it all ties back into the Force. Speaking of money... I don't know if we actually were, but we'll go with we it. We were, because money was exchanging hands, goods and services. and um, Amazon's Canada portal, Amazon.ca, um, is currently being sued by the Canadian government for $1 million. Are they being sued, or are they being fined? Because I think they're being fined, and I think that's different. You know, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not entirely sure what the difference is, but you're probably right. Yeah, I, th- I don't think that there's any chance that they're going to lose this one. Uh, meaning the government, they're just saying you will pay us a million dollars because you are using misleading pricing practices. Basically what they're doing is here's an item and the manufacturer suggested retail price for this item is $1,000. Ah, but Amazon has vendors who can give it to you for $900. Only then when they go and click on it and add it to basket, they say, oh, sorry, that vendor is out or they don't have it available for that price anymore here it is for eleven hundred dollars or a thousand dollars yeah that that's called like bait and switch that's illegal 
Yeah, you know, I've noticed that though, because I mean, I shop on Amazon a lot, and like I was looking at, oh, it was a skillet, a cast iron skillet, I believe, and they're like, oh yeah, the the manufacturer suggested retail price is like forty percent more than we're selling it for. And I went to Walmart and I saw the exact same skill for the exact same price that I could get it on Amazon. And now that we have to pay sales tax in Utah on Amazon purchases, you know, why wait for two days? I just bought the skillet there. See, and I saw, I've been seeing a different kind of bait and switch on Amazon that pisses me off almost more. Where it's like, I'll say, I want this kind of cable or this kind of adapter. And it says, oh, we have that for sale. Get it in two days. Yeah. Uh, for a dollar. And I go, oh, hey, that's cheaper than I can get anywhere else. I go to add it in cart. Oh, sorry. The vendor who's selling it for a dollar is in Hong Kong. It'll take four months to get here. The one that's available in two days is for $10. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what? Yeah, I don't like that. That's or or it's it's a dollar cable, but they're going to charge you $15 in shipping. Mm hmm. And you're still going to get it in four months because it's coming from Hong Kong. For so, shame, Amazon. Yeah, you know, Amazon, as much as I love Amazon, they do a lot of stuff that I really just do not like. But they make the grand tour, so it's all it's all forgiven. If you say so. Trust me on this one. It is. <laughs> so can we so. talk Fitbit? We can. Holy crap. What the crap is going on over there? A lot of crap. They went and they bought Pebble and basically just ripped their heart out. Like Another Kickstarter pre-order. that, Like all Temple of Doom style, you know? They, they took <laughs> the power of, of Pebble, ripped it out of its chest, and showed its still beating heart to it, and then kicked him into the fire. And they'll now nourish off of that heart and take strength from it. And then they went and did the same to Vector Smartwatches, which is another smartwatch startup. And now, they didn't yeah, just they, buy it. They're shutting down all operations. So why why would they buy Vector? Are they looking for um, patents? Is this, a, is this a patent purchase here? Are they wanting the... the um, I can't even think of the... I don't think so. Um, we don't know Vector real well. Uh, Vector um, is managed, it's a London company, and it uses uh, a lot of their executive board, along their, a lot of their upper echelon were from Citizen, and they use uh, Romanian engineers. So it's very European. I think they're just after their production facilities, their production capabilities. Okay. And what's really crazy is this isn't even the only Fitbit article this week because they also tried to go after Jawbone. Which is a big player. I mean, it's not as big as Fitbit, but in the wearable market, it's it's one that's known. Jawbone was the first one I really knew. I remember when they came out with the Bluetooth headset that just had the active noise cancellation? Yes. It was insane. I still remember the uh, the video of the guy on a cell phone call between a leaf blower and a weed whacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that they actually used to make headsets. That's why they're called Jawbone. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that stuff. Hold on, no, was that Jabra? No, it was both. Jawbone okay. had the active noise cancellation because they had a little um, part of the headset that would actually stick out and hook, not hook, but touch your jaw. So it could hear the, it could feel the vibrations of your voice through your jaw Compare that to the sound it was taking in and actively cancel out everything else. Okay, gotcha. It also meant that the battery time was just atrocious because back then batteries were a little bit bigger and that took a lot of processing. They got better yeah. and better and better, but no one uses Bluetooth headsets anymore. They're kind of a faux pas. So then Jawbone started making speakers and fitness wearables. And here we are with them apparently getting offers of purchase from Fitbit. Now, it looks like Fitbit came in wanting to make a deal, but they offered a, quote, tiny fraction of the $1.5 with a B valuation from a year ago. 
I don't know what Fitbit is trying to do. Are they just trying to wipe out the competition now? Do they it have almost some, seems that way. Do they have something coming up on the horizon and they're just trying to go after that entire market? Because they're not going after Motorola's wearable division, right? They're not trying to take on Asus with their Zen watch. They're not trying to go after LG or Huawei or any of the big Android Wear or Apple Watch. They're just trying to corner the lower-end fitness wearable market. Uh-huh. And they seem to be doing pretty well, like a freaking assassin. Yeah, I, I like that. That's <laughs> The fitness assassin? Yeah, yeah, that's that's appropriate, I think. They are um definitely shaking things up. It's got me very curious to see what their long term what their long term picture is that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um into fake news news. <laughs> Sorry, political post or political conversation coming up well kind somewhat, of kind of somewhat so if you haven't been following the news you'd be forgiven for not knowing that uh, a rather inflammatory bit of no one knows what for sure honestly came out uh just this week to the public's knowledge in washington um alleging that russia holds some sway over president-elect trump because of something he did in russia they're basically blackmailing him for control well, the thing is, is that this memo, this entire write-up, supposedly by a Brit- an ex-British intelligence officer, was released to, from what I can gather, nearly everyone in the D.C. political scene up to like a year ago. Yeah, I think that, I think that I've been hearing that most media organizations had it as uh, about last August, everyone had it. Yeah, um, and... It had been forwarded onto the FBI. It had been forwarded onto the CIA. All this different stuff. Well, like idiots, even though it wasn't confirmed and no one could verify it, no one was really sure anything about it, BuzzFeed decided to publish it. Which is really sad because Buzz, BuzzFeed, over the course of the election... It was just starting election. to get legitimate, right? Yeah, over the course of the election, they were doing a, a pretty good job of actually reporting and being legitimate despite all their crappy clickbait. And then they post an article, and the very first paragraph of the article essentially said there is no way that this was verified or that we could substantiate any of the claims. But we're publishing it anyway. Everything is alleged. There is no evidence whatsoever, but we're going to run with it because reasons. Yeah. Well, that's not actually the big part of this takeaway because chances are good if you care at all about this, you already heard about it. The takeaway from here is that some users on 4chan, which we all know them, are claiming that they're the ones who created this as some kind of perverted fanfic slash bash piece on Trump. And just circulated it around as kind of a prank. And it went so far as to be taken seriously by the CIA and got added to his security briefing. Yeah. Now, I honestly have no clue what to think. There is some evidence to support this in that the actual quote-unquote briefing is horribly written. There are errors abounding through this thing. And some parts of it are outright false. They've been able to verify that certain parts of it are just plain wrong. But honestly, we have no way of knowing right now if this is the case. We just we simply don't. And look, we'll be better than BuzzFeed by saying we won't take sides one way or another or even comment on that because you can't know until it's verified. But if this is true... It's kind of scary. I mean, it's one thing if a credible source or a credible story gets sourced out to Fox News and Fox News says, we verified it. We've gotten two different verifications, separate verifications. It looks good. We'll report on it. And it turns out to be false. You remember the Boston Marathon bombing when everyone was after some poor guy who was in New York? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, you remember Sandy Hook Elementary shooting where everyone was suddenly after the guy's half brother? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, okay. The news the news agencies, media screw up from time to time. Mistakes even, will happen. Yeah, even doing their very best, fake news will get spread. It's a na- it's the nature of the beast. But when it goes up to the CIA, who I would imagine have some slightly better insight and intelligent sources than say BuzzFeed, um, and they take it seriously, that's worrying. It really is. It really is. But, you know, the thing that really bothers me about this, and we've talked a lot about fake news the last month or so on the show, because it's a very big deal right now. It's a sensitive issue, especially among the news organizations that, you know, for years, I think, have been largely responsible for perpetuating fake news stories. And... Now we're seeing another example of that. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but if it turns out that 4chan is responsible for this, uh, where do you go from there? I mean, you've got legitimate news organizations, as much as I hate to call BuzzFeed a legitimate news organization, but CNN has also run with some versions of this. Not quite. CNN, and, and there, this is theirs another was part different. Theirs, theirs was, was different. Theirs was reporting on the fact that he had been briefed on it. Yes. And they, and they that is factually accurate. He had been briefed on it. Yeah. And they, they reported on like a two page summary as opposed to the 35 page dossier. And so they did do what they could, I think. But, you know, they're being lumped in, whether it's fair or not to CNN, they're being lumped in right now with BuzzFeed on this. And so that harms their credibility. And we saw a report come out last week that, or maybe it was earlier this week, I don't recall. But CNN is the least trusted news network out there. This is not helping them. No. It's not helping them. And it's sad because, you know, even Fox News came out and said, hey, we believe that CNN did their due diligence on what they reported. The stuff that they didn't report, they they couldn't verify, so they left it out which is how it should go. That's how it should be. I posted this to Facebook, but can we all just agree that we're in some weird twilight zone when Fox News comes out in defense of CNN? Yeah, it's messed up. It really is. Like, I, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. I have no clue what's going on. We're in the end times right now, I think. Um, But what, what does this do going forward? Because we've had all these news organizations saying, hey, fake news we can't have it you know if you're if you're a fake news organization you need to be shut down or blacklisted or whatever the case may be and now but we have no clue what's fake yeah now we've got absolutely zero credibility if you know if you've been listening to the show for any time you know that they have no credibility with me but now it's it's become very widespread where no news organizations have any credibility with anybody can we? Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're actually not even halfway through our list here. We're really not. But I, I want to give everyone a, a small taste of what we do here. If we find something and we're scouring constantly for news, all week long we are finding news and we don't rely on one source. Yes, if you go through our show notes, you'll see that we link for every one, um, but we don't rely on just that source especially because we found that if i can google something and five different sites all pull up with a slightly different version of the story at least i know that the story is verified yes and i'll read all five versions of it and find the common threads find the parts that have been verified and kind of throw out the rest or I'll phrase it that some people speculate this, some people are speculating that, I personally am speculating this. If, on the other hand, a headline comes out, I Google it, and there's only one source, or there's five different sources, but they all sound exactly the same, then I don't consider that verified. And it kills me that somehow I do that, but... Actual news agencies don't. That have, like, actual budgets and, 
research departments and you know we're just idiots right <laughs> with microphones and dongles um let's that is true let's stay on the fbi here so it turns out um cloudflare if you don't know what cloudflare is a uh, real quick primer they are a web host's best friend. They protect you against uh, distributed denial of service. They cache your site for when it goes down. They provide local DNS. They're just great, okay? But they are also a very interesting point of vulnerability, a point of weakness, because if they are your DNS, then all someone has to do is latch onto their systems, and then everything that gets transferred to and from the site, their client, is suspect. Turns out, the FBI subpoenaed Cloudflare for access into their systems and served them a gag order so they couldn't talk about it. They've been fighting it for forever, and only now has the gag order been lifted that they're able to blow the whistle on it. They still haven't given in to the subpoena. And this kind of goes, but not quite, into the next headline. It turns out the FBI has also been paying Geek Squad, you know, the guys like the nerd herd from Chuck, only the real life ones at Best Buy, to go through people's computers and report on them to the FBI. That right there is very disconcerting. Right. That's very Hitler's youth. These guys don't have search warrants. This is totally illegal. And I would hope that any evidence would be thrown out in court. And I know what I just said. There's a lot of bad things. We talked about it earlier. But it's a total violation of our laws. But here's the thing, okay? If a child pornographer has a computer problem and brings his computer into a Best Buy and the Geek Squad go through his computer and fix the problem and they find that stuff, they're legally obligated and protected to turn it into the cops, to report it. Yeah. Right? Same with medical professionals. Same with... uh, you know, therapists, you know, people are always like, well, there's patient, doctor patient confidentiality. Yeah, except if, you know, there's all sorts of things like that. But most child pornographers don't take their computer into Geek Squad. No. Most terrorists don't take their computer into Geek Squad. Most terrorists don't set up Cloudflare on their uh, Jihad bulletin board. So who do you think the FBI is actually trying to surveil? Everyone else. Yep. This isn't going after drug kingpins. This isn't going after would-be kidnappers. Not to sound cynical of the establishment, because that's not my shtick, that's Zahner's. Uh, (laughs) Hey, look, we each have a role to play, right? Hey, we do. But let's call it for what it is. They're monitoring the American people through this this is 1984 man this would be like this would be like them saying okay you know what jiffy lube uh, we need you to report on every car that comes through here and where that car has been and all the owner information well why um terrorism right think of the children it's an oil change (laughs) just saying Um, One thing that the feds did do this week that I guess could be considered their job, they nabbed a Volkswagen executive. They lured him into the U.S. and then nabbed him right off the tarmac. I I don't understand this one. Now, this is is regarding Dieselgate, which, if you recall, was where, where Volkswagen basically fudged with (laughs) well it's not that fudging is kind of underplaying it he committed it is is charged with let's clarify that he is charged with conspiracy to bypass and lie to a federal regulatory body in this case the epa because of their fudging with the emissions right stuff so i i'm trying i i don't know the best way to say that they they messed it all up, though, so that they could look better than they were. Here's what I can't... Here's what I don't understand, okay? So, Volkswagen has confessed. They have agreed to settle for $14.7 billion in addition to $2.7 billion um, that's going straight to the EPA. And they've put forth 
a fix plan uh, to fix uh, like 70,000 vehicles that have these compromised systems. That sounds like punishment enough. It really does. I, at what is this excessive? I mean, arresting the guy. It's not like he's not cooperating. It's not like he's not like he's been doing what needs to be done and what they've asked of him. Well, are they going to throw him in jail over this? I think and, the charge here is conspiracy. And that's always a tricky one, because it's like, if one person does it, they're a douche, they get fired. But you'll notice, I didn't say he's a former Volkswagen exec who pleaded guilty. He's a current. He's a current. They're keeping him. They're keeping well, all of them. How many... You need more than one person for a conspiracy. Right. I kind of wonder if the feds are just really pissed off by this, that he hasn't been punished that Volkswagen feels like they're getting away with it, even though they have to pay the money. And so they're just upping the ante. Now we're not a criminology podcast. I don't know how much we can really, this is more of a follow-up to Dieselgate because we reported on that quite a bit. Yeah. I just, I find this interesting that, that they would go so far as to arrest him for conspiracy, which, you know, okay, I can get that. He's committing fraud. He's, Obviously, there was some sort of a conspiracy there because this was an orchestrated effort on Volkswagen's part mm-hmm. to to have their software report incorrect numbers. But it takes more than one person. What about the all the software developers? They're part of the conspiracy. <laughs> They're all going to get an email tomorrow saying, oh, a disposed Nigerian prince is in America and he wants to meet with me to give me oh, just millions of dollars. I'm going to fly to up. JFK right now. But yeah, I, I'm wondering, because I think that they've opened the floodgates here. If they arrest one, I think they're going to have to arrest more. Just based on based on the fact that they're charging conspiracy. Well, and, and this also confuses me. And again, we're if someone knows what the crap is going on, email us. Our email's working now. But it's not like this was a conspiracy to embezzle, right? It's not Enron. Yeah. And no one died in it. I don't know. I, I truly do not know. I'm very curious. If anyone knows, let us know. But we got to move on here. Um, Samsung is actually releasing a couple products here. Or they've announced. They have not released it yet. It may be corresponding with the uh, coinciding with the Galaxy S8 launch. But Bixby, which is their new payment bot, and Samsung Pay Mini, which will be a standalone payment system. Now, here's where this interests me. Bixby doesn't interest me in the slightest. That's their digital assistant. That's Cortana on a smart on a Samsung. Basically, Don't care or, or, use or it. Siri. But Samsung Pay Mini can't be a standalone payment system unless it can stand alone on other Android phones. Yes, which leads me to believe that they're going to be making Samsung Pay available. For everyone. The Mini makes it sound like it probably won't be as feature-rich as it is on Samsung devices, which like makes sense because Samsung Pay relies on Samsung Knox. And, yeah. Yeah. And Knox isn't on other phones. No, it's not. But if they can make this work, they could potentially put it on Android, on iOS. If they could make this work on multiple devices, they could be the first cross-platform NFC or M, what is it, MST based payment systems. That could be really cool. That that could be. That could be. I, you know, and I got to say, I think Samsung Pay is really starting to come into its own. Listeners of the show know that both you and I love it, Zook. Mm-hmm. But I was in a store the other night, last night, I think. And you know how usually it will say on the little reader, uh, it will have. Apple Pay and it will have Android Pay or whatever it is. The little logos there for the respective. There was also a Samsung Pay logo on this particular machine. Interesting. And I thought that is a very good sign for Samsung. That is. That is. Um, Also in the uh, AI news I don't care about, Nokia is coming out with their own. 
They've trademarked the name Vicky. I don't care. You know, I'm surprised that these phone manufacturers that are running Android don't just try and do something with the OK Google. And maybe they can't. I don't know. They know. But do we really need all of these different digital assistants based on whichever phone you're on? Yes and no. They're going about this all wrong. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're running really close here. But what they need to do, instead of trying to develop their own AI, reinvent the wheel, what they need to do is develop not an AI but a bot that opens up their device and publishes hooks into Cortana or Google Now or whatever else. So it doesn't necessarily supplant it but allows you to use it better. So when you say, okay, Google, you can give very, very specific instructions that are specific to your phone. And the phone then takes over and takes care of that. That makes sense. Instead of relying on Google to do it all. I'm just saying. I I like that idea. But no, we do not need all these other AIs. Because they're not going to work as well. No, they're they're not. I mean, I saw something that since 2012 or whenever it was that OK Google started being a thing, like the spo- speech recognition has improved by like 30%. But that's still like 4 years that they've been doing that and that's that's the improvement that they've seen. Right, right. Um into weird weirder news norway uh just killed fm fm radio in norway is no longer broadcast instead they moved to the new version which we know as hd radio when will this happen to the u.s well probably not for a very 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 long time because we don't like to keep up with the rest of the world uh but a lot of stations are on hd already here yeah so i this is just kind of cool now a lot they've had this in the works for a long time but a lot of people in norway still aren't happy i say suck it up norwegians it's the same thing when we had to go to hd tv they pushed that off for years before they finally just said, "Nope, we're doing it," and yeah. you would, and, and let's be honest, even the people who complained about it wouldn't go back. No, no, I mean, I, it's it's kind of sad though to see actual like analog radio going away, just because it's been such a important medium for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, in really kind of terrifying idea of news here, um, do you have a heart? Well, guess what? So does Zoner, which means Hack Zoner is in effect. <laughs> so if you have a pacemaker uh, manufactured by St. Jude Medical, there is a transmitter also manufactured by St. Jude Medical that can be used by hackers to hijack your pacemaker. That is an awesome way to commit murder. Just saying. Now, thankfully, they have a patch, and they can apply it over the air. So it's not like these people have to go into surgery to fix it, which is really cool. It's also also terrifying, because that means that a faulty patch pushed over the air could immediately kill everyone with this particular type of pacemaker. That is terrifying. You thought that the Apple Watch update was bad. Ooh. What happens when they brick you? <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh. Oh. You start seeing reports coming of people's hearts just stopping because of a bad firmware update. Sorry, we accidentally pushed the dev one. It wasn't done testing. Don't worry, we'll issue you a refund. Oh my gosh, that that is that is terrifying. Go on into an Apple store to fix it. <laughs> they'll tell you you're holding it wrong sorry you're holding grandma wrong she died um finally speaking of <laughs> apple 
Apple's AirPods, those stupid, stupid, stupid wireless headphones that don't stay in your ears and are super expensive and easy to lose. Well, it turns out there is a way to find them again. There was an app in the Apple App Store that used the Bluetooth information in the AirPods to kind of get you a hotter, colder kind of location feature. It was $3.99. It was not made by Apple, which means Apple, of course, blocked it. Why? Well, Courage. they're not saying, but you know why. They don't yeah. want other people messing with their hardware, even though Apple doesn't have a way to do this either. I think I think that it's more about if somebody loses an earbud, uh, you get $69 for a replacement. That's what That's what people are paying. There is absolutely nothing about the Apple AirPods that I like. Nothing. I hate the price. I hate the fact they exist. I hate the fact you can't find them. I hate the fact they can't fit in your ear. I hate the fact that you look like an idiot wearing broken earbuds when you have them in. I hate the look. And I know it's, people it's are going to go on me. and say, oh, but Zook, you always bash on Apple. No, I don't. If you've listened to this show, you know that I actually usually like Apple design and Apple hardware. I really do. But yes. these are ridiculous. Yeah. These are so stupid. Everything about them is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I am not a big fan. Not a big fan. Um, into our favorites. Yeah, that's all of them. Weird week, like I said. Um, so President Obama gave his farewell address, and Key and Peel, the comedy duo from Comedy Central, have a great skit they always do, where President Obama, played by Jordan Key, um, or Jordan Peel, I don't know who which one is, who uh and his it's jordan peele jordan peele and his anger translator luthor luthor played by uh keegan michael key yes yes um talk about different things now jordan peele has like one of the best if not the best uh obama impersonations so it's really funny to hear what he's really feeling when luthor speaks and he gives a great farewell address warning it's uncensored do not play this at work or around sensitive ears. If they are around sense if you are around sensitive ears, earmuffs. Earmuffs will help. Or maybe try and find your AirPods. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> now, my favorite this week is an app that actually rewards you with gift cards for doing something you probably already do, which is drive. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you want to make money driving, drive Uber, drive Lyft, whatever. You don't need to do that if you want to get Amazon gift cards or they have other ones as well. Uh, but it's called Mile Up. And they're trying to improve technology that will uh, do accident detection. So I think that they're tying into into self-driving cars probably down the road i i imagine that's ultimately what this technology is going to be used for and what this data is going to be used for but they just want to know how you drive they want to know how many miles you're driving and the easiest thing is you don't need to do anything you just load the app on your phone you sign up and just go um it's pretty cool i've been using it for a couple days I've almost got a $5 gift card to Amazon just in a couple days of my commute. So a uh, quick, easy way to make some gift card money. Uh, check it out. It's it's pretty awesome. Now, I'd like to point out here real fast, even though this is your favorite and, and we're out of time, but, but Zoner, doesn't that mean you're letting this company track where you are when you're driving? Yeah, basically. But don't you already do that if you have an Android device or an Apple device or any device? Yep, basically, which is how I justified it. <laughs> so why not get a gift card for it? Exactly. I'm already being tracked. Give me something. Yep. All right. Well, that is our episode for this week. Um, hey, you know, we did forget who else were brought by, and that is Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X coming up in March. Um, it's going to be big. We just got retweeted by Tara Strong. Who will be in attendance. Yeah. I'm taking my I girls to see her. As will Weird Al Yankovic, Stanley will be coming. We also have Wizarding Days coming up in February, so we've we've got a lot on the convention calendar here in the yeah. next few weeks. And hopefully, we'll have a, a big surprise for all of our site readers before that. So, 
Emails fixed, feedback at stolendroids.com. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter, friend us on Facebook, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.